Welcome to Nakubo in Brief, a podcast series from the National Association of College and University Business Officers. I'm President and CEO Susan Wheeler Johnston, and I'd like to thank you for tuning in today. Our mission with this podcast is to help our listeners better understand the challenges that face the business of higher education. Our hope is that you walk away with a stronger sense of the trends, policies, legislative and regulatory issues that may impact campuses today and in the future. You can find resources for today's episode, as well as a wide variety of educational tools at nakubo.org. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you enjoy the podcast. All right, welcome to Nakubo in Brief, where we explore the issues shaping the business of higher education. I'm Brian Dixon, Assistant Director for Advocacy and Student Financial Services at Nakubo. I'm joined by Ruth Johnston at the University of Washington, where she serves as the Vice Chancellor for Planning and Administration. Ruth, thanks for joining me today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to talk with you about this. Great, great. So before we jump in, if you could just give us a, a quick kind of who who is Ruth Johnson? How did you get here? A little background for our listeners. So I'll make it relevant because I've worked at the University of Washington for so long, I could probably talk for 15 <laughs> minutes. Um, I've been at the University of Washington for almost 39 years, and I'm leaving soon for New Mexico State University. Right. But this talk is about sustainability, which is my favorite topic. Um, in 2008, uh, I was asked to start the Office of uh, Sustainability at the UW, uh, which was pretty interesting timing, given that the university had signed the climate commitment, uh, which I did not know required a climate action plan. So I spent uh, with a number of incredibly talented students, faculty, staff, and leadership um, about a year creating this climate action plan. And so to me, that's where my passion for sustainability came. And I was able to carry that over to my current position where I'm at the University of Washington Bothell campus, a much smaller campus, um, also equally engaged in sustainability. Great, great. Uh, so we're going to jump right in here. And uh, over your career, you you have exemplified this importance of, of strategic planning with the sustainability Um what would you say are there are there any kind of structural organizational recommendations uh, that you might make to folks on how they would integrate sustainability goals uh, with the goals of of a higher education institution? Yeah, the first part is it begins with a commitment from the top. So you've got to have leadership who actually really care about this, and that doesn't necessarily have to be the regents or the university president, although that's ideal. And really living in the Pacific Northwest, we're blessed by having everybody care about this tremendously. Uh, but what we did in terms of structure that I think has worked very well is that we have an environmental stewardship uh, committee, and they are charged. It's very widespread. It's got faculty, staff, and students on it, and they're engaged with all the issues of sustainability and um, on the triple line. It's not just about environmental sustainability. It's about all kinds of sustainability, including diversity and inclusion, including uh, social and ju- social justice, including the economic impact. So we have that committee. That committee reports to the provost and to the president. It's led by a dean. That's another structural thing that I would absolutely suggest. You need somebody in senior leadership um, being the chair of, of such committee. And then we have subgroups that work on the whole variety of things um, that are sustainability related. 
including building operations or research or sustainability in the curriculum. It varies depending on the year um, in terms of what the focus areas are. But the other piece that is most critical, uh, I think, is the engagement of students. It's all about students. And we would not be where we are at the University of Washington without students helping push us, helping bring new, new great ideas. And then finally, um, getting faculty who are doing research in all these fields um, involved. So it's really a very, very broad-based, but you need to have a governance structure in order to make everything work from top to bottom and across. How how many folks would you say are on that uh, large, the whole committee, and then approximately how many would be students? Uh, There are about 20 on the committee at large, and then we have representatives from student government, both undergraduate and graduate, and from our Campus Sustainability Fund, which is a fund the students created to fund environmental uh, sustainability projects. And we have a student from the residence halls. So probably about a quarter of the members are students. Great. Great. Um, any any challenges with, I mean, any, of course, any committee on campus uh, does have, have some challenges, but any, any unique to this particular uh, endeavor? Well, student schedules are always a problem. Um, it's and a problem that's not really there. They're in class. That's where we want them to be. Uh, but being able to free up so that they can actually feel like they get the voice that we want them to have um, is a bit of a challenge. The other thing I would say is, depending on the year and the politics and the goals and the finances, that we're going to see kind of momentum shifts uh, right now, we had a little bit of a dip, I would say, after I moved out to the Bothell campus, just as a lot of leadership changes were happening and people needed to figure out what was up. Now it's being very well led. Um, they've got a new focus. They've got all the right people. So it's just normal organizational change. At the Nakubo annual meeting earlier, you were part of a panel discussion uh, that was titled Beyond the Triple Bottom Line. You mentioned the triple mm-hmm. line. Um, the goal there was to, to suggest that institutions can do more than just respond to the triple impact of, of planet, people, and profits, uh, maybe revenue in our case. Um, what, what strategic elements uh, do you think that today's CFO uh, should be paying attention to? Well, sustainability is so big. Um, One of the things that I've enjoyed at the University of Washington is having sustainability report in through up until now, the senior vice president. Um, She had an amazing amount of passion for it. When I was moved to the other senior vice president, he also had an equal amount of passion. So having it report there made a ton of sense. With the changes in leadership, um, there was a little battle on who was going to get sustainability, and it ended up going to... Uh, the facilities organization. And that's actually worked out beautifully because they have a commitment to working across the entire university. Uh, Because a lot of times with sustainability, if it's housed in facilities, it's facilities and operations focused. And sustainability is so large. Um, We've got the social justice issues um, and diversity. And then, of course, we've got the research issues. And so when you think about the triple bottom line, Uh, In fact, I was just talking to Megan from AISHI this morning. There needs to be more of a connection with the business office and with sustainability efforts. I think at the UW, we've done a good job of that. Um, I don't know that that's true everywhere, just because of where the sustainability office or the officer might be. But things that we need to be thinking broader than environmental sustainability. We need to be thinking about cost because there's a lot of times where we can save money through sustainability efforts, but there's also investments that need to be made in order to gain the savings that we need to have. So 
looking at the whole picture, being much more uh, systems view is going to help us a lot. Diversity inclusion is really important to us in the social justice aspect. So making sure that we're not just saying it's people, but it's how do we make access for all people, uh, really driving down the concept of climate change and resiliency and what's going to happen like right now with um, the changing in climate and all the rains and, you know, very frequently the people who don't have as much money as other people have or much access as others are the most hurt by some of the climate change things that are happening because they simply don't have the infrastructure to um, get better after big disasters. Do you think uh, that most uh, or a fair number of schools are, are simply just focusing on the environmental sustainability or beyond, or are they looking at these things beyond that that you're sharing? I hope they're starting to look beyond that. I mean, having the sustainability advisory panel uh, for Nakubo and then seeing the sustainability goal that's actually in the strategic priorities for Nakubo absolutely um, cements the importance of that. Um, but also having organizations, you know, like AISHI, um, which is looking, again, at a broader view and all the other environmental groups that are out there. Um, I, I think that's really important that we need to think about it in a broader perspective. So, And, and those would be some great places for people to look to, AISHI and, and the Absolutely. Cuba Sustainability Advisory Panel. So some institutions we've heard, and, and I think you've, you've had an experience with this, are reaching out to partner, say, with uh, utility plants and, and some other nonprofits in, in their region to address renewable energy sourcing. And I understand you did this uh, when you were at uh, University, of Washington, University of Washington in Seattle with uh, Seattle City Light, the electric company mm-hmm. there for Seattle. Uh, could you describe that partnership for us? Yeah, we participated in a green up program with the city of Seattle. Uh, it allowed us to put money aside to green up part of the electricity received that was not renewable. Now, we're pretty much all hydro, so we're in a better place than a lot of places could be. Uh, but what they ended up doing was they provided money for us and a staff person to help fund solar projects. And then uh, the students um, created their own um, solar organization that um, also worked in partnership with City Light. And then at the Bothell campus, uh, we now are in a similar partnership with uh, Puget Sound Energy to also make sure that we're absolutely carbon neutral. Um, it's really nice to have partners who are in the sustainability business together. Uh, we've worked with um, a number of different ones. Everybody's interested in this in the Northwest. So I, I would say to the listeners who are not so fortunate as to be in the Northwest or in regions that are already sold on all of this, um, you just have to keep getting out there and, and go to Nukubo and go to the exhibit halls and, and find your partners because they're there. So, so then, in your view, it, it's I know it's it may be easier to say given your your geographic location, but it it is re- replicable in in your opinion. Um, um, say so, you know you're moving to to New Mexico soon. You know, is that are some of these things possible? You know, in in other states and in other regions where where either um, economically or politically, this might not uh, some might not feel that this is a priority. Well, it's interesting because my new boss, the chancellor uh, at New Mexico State University System, is an energy researcher. And we kind of um, very quickly bonded on the whole idea of sustainability. And he recently told me that he talked to the governor, who's very interested in making New Mexico a greener state, and said, you know, we'll be all over this uh, because there's a lot of research going on, uh, both at New Mexico State and probably University of New Mexico also. But there's a lot of gas and oil, of course, in the state of New Mexico, and there's always a balance because... We still are dependent on gas and oil, and so we want to figure out how to work with the partners who do that. But we also have amazing opportunities for solar and for wind 
and for harnessing all kinds of other things. And, you know, with a student, students who care so much about this everywhere in the country and faculty are doing research on this everywhere in the country. I think it's just a matter of will. Um, if we have the leadership, if we've got the desire to do this, we're going to get it done. And I think everybody wants to get it done. Where would you recommend that a CFO start? Well, getting involved with Nakubo's efforts on sustainability is a good place to start. Talking to peers is a good place to start. Getting involved with all these organizations, reading. There's a wealth of information that's out there, uh, lots of resources. But you've got to have the energy. You've got to have the passion to do it and make it something you want to learn about. You, you've mentioned that um, you've had various campus constituencies uh, when you've um, uh, developed these strategic plans. What, uh, what else could you share with us about even involving more, not just the committee? Are there maybe um, focus groups or are you surveying the campus to get the kind of temperature check that, uh, to get an idea of what's, what's on top of folks' minds in this space? So where we're at right now is because we did the Climate Action Plan, which is now about 10 years back, uh, we're looking at doing a sustainability action plan at the University of Washington Seattle. We've just completed the sustainability action plan at Bothell, and similar processes were used, right? We've got committees for both, but the committees themselves don't do all the work. They have to reach out to the people who are actually involved with the work to get it done. So, for example, we have um, at the Bothell campus a lot of faculty who are doing research on wetlands. Uh, we have a lot of faculty who are doing research on crows, and the crows happen to be in the wetlands, and the crows are defecating in the wetlands, which has a lot to do with the water sources. And so what we start to do is we look at how the systems interact with each other, and then the faculty get together and they start talking to each other, and they might have opposing views, but the fact that we get them in the same room together, and there's just kind of a grassroots group right now that's talking about climate resiliency at Bothell. They, there's no easy way. You know, mm -hmm. some people would like like the crow experience, which absolutely has to do with sustainability. Um, some people want to get rid of them, and others, of course, say we want to study them and we want to understand their behaviors and the impact that it has on the wetlands and the people. And the others are like, but it's a mess. We got to get rid of them because there's E. coli in the water. Mm -hmm. So only through collaboration and discussion can we actually come up with the right solutions at the right time. Fascinating. You know, with concerns over, over climate issues, sustainability can, uh, I, I don't want to speak for you, uh, maybe uh, become emotional, political. Uh, how do you address uh, sustainability concerns in, in the strategic planning process without the conversation turning to the dramatic and possibly negative uh, where emotions might run high? Well, this is another time when I'm luck we're lucky to be in the Northwest. Because it doesn't too often become very negative, because I think we all want to preserve the wonderful place that we live. Um, I just got back from a cruise in uh, the North Baltic and to mm. Copenhagen and to Stockholm and Estonia and a number of other countries. And they are probably th further ahead than we are with sustainability. And to see it played out in uh, the green roofs that they put on top of their buses and the um, big belly uh, cans everywhere. On and top of their buses? Uh, the bus stops. Sorry, okay. uh, bus stops. <laughs> buses. Okay. Yeah. Right. Wow. Uh, <laughs> buses would be interesting. It's yes. still impressive. Yeah. <laughs> uh, people are talking about it. And I think the thing, the thing that we need to do is just have the dialogue 
all the time. And the students push that dialogue. Sure. And again, I would go back to my students and talk with them about what's keeping you up at night. And then with the faculty, how do you get involved with us so that we can um, help the students learn? And how do you as faculty researchers, because we often don't bring the faculty experts in when we have problems to solve, but they have so many opportunities to do capstones or um, research projects or funded research projects for assistant professors so that they can become part of the fabric. Um, I met with a faculty member just last week who was asking me, how do you make institutional change actually happen? And the thing I said to her was, don't be angry, get engaged, collaborate with us. I like that. I like that. I, I'll close with this. It's, it's a big planet and we obviously care about higher education What's the impact of the work that colleges and universities are doing in this space? Well, there's at least two examples. One is research. Um, and research doesn't mean that you're behind, you know, a, someplace doing work in a, in a closet. Research is that you can be out there in the community, uh, working with community members doing research. So taking people into forests and helping them understand invasive um, weeds and, and the impact on that. Um, we have a lot of, uh, because we're a Carne- we hope to be a Carnegie One engagement, or we've got the application in right now, we've got students all the time out in the community working with community members. And by that, we're educating not only students and faculty about community issues, but also community members, so that again, we can partnership together to save the world. Well, Ruth, I want to thank you again for, for joining me here. This has been, this has been a lot of fun. Me too. Yeah. Thank you. Anytime. And I, I'll, of course, want to thank our listeners. Um, you know, if, if you if you had a good time listening here, be sure to tell a friend or a colleague and be sure to, to rate us on iTunes or wherever you, you find your, your podcast. So thanks again, Ruth. And we look forward to seeing you maybe on a future episode of Nakubo and Brief. Sounds good. Bye, Brian.